everyone, and welcome back to Cinema Gems. And as always, I'm your host, the Admirable Admiral. And as always, we are in a video store somewhere in your hometown. So come find us. Yes, video stores still exist. And of course, guys, as always, the Honorable Tesla and the Fantastic Miss Frida are in the video store. And of course, the illustrious Butt Maestro is out there somewhere in the galaxy, transponding to us. How's it going, Butt Maestro? <laughs> Cinema Gems, it's a show on the internet with nerdy shit. I, hi everyone, welcome back to Cinema Gems, we're another show on the internet where a bunch of nerds talk about shit we love, and uh, uh, the Admiral gave me carte blanche to pick whatever the fuck I wanted this week, because it's my birthday later this week, and I was like, Star Trek? Let's do some Star Trek. <laughs> birthday, it's your birthday, birthday, it's your birthday. Thank you, Admiral. Thank you very much. Um, I don't know if we've really formally reviewed any Star Trek. Sh no, we have. We've done. Uh, we've done the the newer one, right with Pike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strange New Worlds. Yeah. We've done Strange New Worlds. Uh, okay, so I think this is not quite the first Star Trek show we've reviewed on here, but I'm very excited about this because this is the first animated Star Trek show since the original series animated show correct admiral yes well yeah because it was they did the first three seasons got canceled and then they did seasons four and five no season four is animated and season five is in comic book form which i think i've read three out of the five issues of that season yeah you're, you're ahead of me on that because i've never read the comic yes! unfortunately yes you, yes you are ahead of me on that i'm ahead of you Woo! yes so, here's the really, really fun thing about Star Trek Lower Decks. Before we get into kind of the ooh, general episode synopsises. Can I say one thing? Uh, this show is simultaneously one of the most accessible for a completely new audience Star Trek shows I think I've ever seen. Uh, the required reading for this show is zero to none. Because they explain everything you need to know in the show. That being said, it is also full of the most awesome Star Trek Easter eggs that if you have watched any or all of the main Star Trek series from original series, next gen, DS9, Enterprise, God forbid. Uh, <laughs> did I mention Voyager? No. Yes, no. there's an Enterprise reference later in the show. I know. And I, I don't know if it. you caught it. I loved it. <laughs> Every moment. God. Yeah. Uh, there, there are so many little things in this show, little passing moments that a non-Star Trek fan would be like, huh, that's kind of funny in the context of the episode. I was rolling on the ground laughing for so many blink and you miss it moments in this show. <laughs> I think the I think the best way to put, you put it is that it's Rick and Morty for the Star Trek universe, but not any... Like, vulgar stuff. Right. It's, if you like the uh, kind of hyper-intelligence and hyper-activity of uh, Rick and Morty, and you like that big uh, out-in-space multiverse exploration vibes of Rick and Morty, but you also don't want to be perpetually bummed out by the intense nihilism of that show, this is, this is a little bit better. This does a lot of the same things that Rick and Morty does with a lighter vibe, a lighter tone, a little more optimistic most of the time. 
Yeah. Just enough. Yeah. Okay. So is, is that accurate? Let's jump in. But as I as I found out earlier, this is set one year after Nemesis, so it's in the twenty fourth century, twenty three eighty, I believe. It's set one year after Star yes. Trek Nemesis. Okay. Yeah. So. No, remind me, Nemesis is the movie where uh, Picard finds his Romulan clone. Yes, right? it's uh, it's Bane. Bane is his. Yeah. Bane is his. Is his is himself. It's all the whole nemesis is all nature versus nurture, which we found out, like not recently, but we found out that we both kind of like nemesis. But nemesis gets a hard yeah. rap. But we're like, it's not bad. It's not bad. It it really does get a hard rap. Uh, but it's it's actually a pretty fun movie. Yeah, it's not horrible. Um, it, it's not my favorite of the Star Trek Correct. movies, but it's not bad either. Correct. I agree with you. I'm I'm team. I'm I'm team first contact all the way. I love that movie. Okay. See, I just want a Deep Space Nine movie. That's all I want. Me too. Me fucking too. I want a movie with all of Dax's past lives meeting each other. That would be amazing. Right? Thank you. Um. Oh, do you want to talk about the themes before we go any further? It is your birthday, of course, by the way. It's your birthday pick. By the way. Thank you, Admiral. Happy birthday again. Thank you, Admiral. Uh, and thank you all the Cinemaniacs listening right now. Y'all are awesome and we love y'all. Um, yes, you know me so well. Of course I want to talk about the music. Uh, the uh, opening theme that we hear at the beginning of every episode, composed by Chris Westlake. Um, I'm not going to try to go into his, his filmography. Y'all can look him up because he's done a bunch of other uh, TV shows that uh, all those themes slap as well. And this carries on the tradition of Star Trek themes that just make you feel like you're flying in space. You know, they just, it, they're so elegant, they're so regal, they're so adventurous, and they just get you hyped to explore space. I don't know. I love this theme song. You heard me badly singing in the, at the beginning of the episode. Go listen to it right now. It's, it's great. It, it perfectly sets up. And the animation uh, within those uh, musical intros is also so perfect for setting up the theme of the show. Um specifically the shot where you see the Cerritos pull up to a battle between Romulans and Borg, and it's like, uh, nope. Yeah. <laughs> Just turns around and flies away. <laughs> um, so Star Trek Lower Decks, second. Uh, as the name implies, yeah, as the name implies, is mostly not about the bridge crew. Uh, breaking, kind of breaking Star Trek tradition there, where most Star Trek shows are about the officers on the bridge piloting everything and keeping everything together. Uh, this is about the lower decks crew, uh, the people working the engines and the Jeffrey's tubes, um, doing the dirty work, the weird shit, the weirder shit. Uh, starting with uh, Ensign Devon Attendee, our green girl, who's awesome and quirky and fantastic. Uh, and wants to be a doctor on board a star, a uh, Federation starship. Um, she's assigned to Brad Boimler, uh, who. What? Why do I recognize that voice, oh, Admiral? Is that who I think it's it is? It's Randy Quaid, and uh, not Ra- yeah, it's Randy Quaid from uh, the Boys. From yeah. the Boys, yeah, that's right. How- okay, cool. He's great. He's our bumbling, kind of our lead in this, uh, and you're always kind of rooting for him. To be honest with you, I think this is my favorite role he's done, besides the boys. 
Like, cause yeah. he did, he did, he oh, did absolutely. one of the screen movies and I thought that one was okay. But like this to me, he gives it all his like, cause it, cause in a, in a, in a sound booth, like when you're recording, you can get animated and all that. And I feel just like he gives it his all in this performance. I mean, as everyone else does, as absolutely. everyone else does, but specifically. Him. Absolutely. What I love about these four, and we'll get into the other two in a second, Beckett Mariner, uh, who is the, um, we don't learn this until a little bit later, but is the daughter of the captain of this ship, and she's she's a rebel, she's a rebel at heart, but she's also incredibly smart and creative, um, and comes up with insane creative solutions that don't necessarily follow all By the, the way, rules. I'm uh, sorry. And they also it's Jack Quaid, yeah. not Randy Quaid, Jack Quaid. That makes more sense. That that makes a lot Sorry, more sense. Sorry, I just want to clarify because um, I know we're... They I, know, also, I could hear the emails being typed. I can... <laughs> <laughs> Y'all chill. It's just an internet podcast. Like, does anyone really take this seriously? I don't think so. <laughs> oh, yeah, and Rutherford, the, the engineering dude with the cyborg implant. Yeah. What I love about these four main characters is that... I, I feel like anyone who has been a fan of Star Trek for a long time has hypothesized putting themselves in a uh, Starfleet ship and what they would do. And I feel like these are the main four kind of stereotypes or archetypes of how most Star, Star Trek fans would self-insert themselves into this universe. You know what I think of this as? You know, either they're the... Either they're the bright-eyed, bushy-tailed Boimler who just wants to do everything by the book, or they're a mariner constantly breaking the rules and failing upwards anyway, or they're the also bright-eyed, bushy-tailed uh, medical nerd, science nerd, uh, or Rutherford. It, all four of these characters are also different parts of the neurodivergent spectrum. And it's fascinating to watch, and they're all incredibly well-written. You know the other best way to describe this show... Um, what you got? So isn't Starjammer like space D and D? Isn't that Spelljammer? Yes. Okay. So basically, it's like, oh hey, we're on a ship and we work we work on the ship, and we have to answer to our captain and all that. So basically, it's just like, oh hey, we're Spelljammer, we're in space, and it's D and D, and we're these character types. That's what I thought of the show as was that. Absolutely. I, I yeah. The, if there was a Star Trek role playing uh, tabletop role playing game out there, I'm pretty uh, sure there is somewhere. Right now, somewhere. There, there probably is, and you can probably build characters just like this. Like, like I said, this they feel like genuine self inserts, uh, and they're all incredibly well written characters. They're all serving on board the Cerritos, uh, which is not an Enterprise. It is not a huge ship. It is not meant to take on the big important missions instead they usually just go with second contact yep. uh which is just checking in with the species after first contact has already been made <laughs> yeah um can we talk about the voice cast real quick i i love this voice okay. cast i so really we already do. talked about uh, jack Tony newsome yeah Tandy Newsom? Ta Tawny Newsom, who you've probably seen in Space yeah. Force with Steve Carell. Yeah. Um, she plays the... Um, Noel Wells as, uh, as Devon Attendee. Eugene Cord uh, Cordero as Rutherford. Yeah. He's great. Um, 
the captain of the ship, Captain Carol Freeman. Dawn Lewis. Uh, Dawn she's Lewis from a different world. Is she's amazing. Oh, she's, she's wonderful. amazing in a different world. She's wonderful. She's perfect. I can't imagine anyone else as that perfect. Voice. She's perfect. perfect for this role. And then fucking Jerry O'Connell as Freeman's first officer, Ransom, who is just one of the most despicably barely likable characters i've ever seen in a star trek show i'm glad you said it it's basically Riker if Riker wasn't nice Riker, but worse if Riker wasn't nice like Riker, if uh Riker, if he wasn't into jazz yeah i can see yep yep i see that yeah Riker, but substitute jazz for working out uh habitually and then you got Fred Tascascore as Shax, as the big tank of a Bajoran teddy bear. I love this character. I knew you would. I knew you'd love this character. <laughs> it's like they took the ideas of Worf and uh, Major Kira from DS9 and went bleh. Uh And then you got Jillian uh, Vigman... Uh, as the ant- Dr. anthropomorphic the cat. cat creature? The, the cat doctor. I don't remember what they actually call uh, her species. Uh, te- um, well, she, I know her as a, she's a be- Teha. She's a, uh, wait, a Catan, okay. uh, C-A-I-T-I-A-N doctor. Cate? A Catian okay. doctor. Wow. Yeah. Cassian? W- wait, wait, uh, uh, wait to go that. They, uh, her species was featured in the uh, the animated series back in the seventies. So, yeah. there you go. That was the reference. Um, this this whole cast is so fun, and they all have so much fun voicing these weird ass characters in this weird ass ship. Um, it's just it's such a all fun right. show, and the whole the whole reason I wanted to talk about this show today was just to get people on board with watching this weird little Star Trek animated show before it's canceled. It got renewed uh, for a fifth season. Because... Yeah, oh, season four God. is going to drop sometime this summer, I think. So, Fuck yes. Yeah. Let's no, go. Season five will be... Season five is already ordered, so it's coming out next year. Um, do you want to go episode um, by episode, or do you want to give a general vibe a bit? Like it's up to you. It's your it's your carte blanche birthday pick. So we we can give kind of a general vibe and general verdict for favorite moments in each episode. Um, I know for sure the the first episode um, has a lot of fun moments of it really sets up Beckett not kissing ass while Boimler is dedicated yeah. to kissing ass. And they both kind of work accidentally. Yeah. And the giant spider, kind of, that sucks him dry. <laughs> oh my god! It's it's just suckling you. <laughs> did you? Did you? Now we we all know on the Cinema Gems podcast, the Cinemaniacs know that you have a fear of spiders. You have arachnophobia. Was this was this fearful for you? Were you were you quaking in your space boots? When when it when it first popped up on screen, yeah, and then the show did a very good job at showing like, no, this is pretty docile. Okay. <laughs> I would not want to be Boimler in this situation because I would be shitting I'd be, myself. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, and then the next episode they go help the Klingons. 
Yeah, the the Klingon general Corin, who Mariner is an old friend with, apparently, and they're dr- they're getting absolutely wasted. Boimler's trying to babysit them, and the Klingon general uh, fucking steals a shuttlecraft, and they have to chase him down. And they meet a Ferengi. <laughs> yep, they they scare a Ferengi away when a Ferengi pulls a knife on him, uh, and they find Corin. Uh, and leave him at the embassy. They get back to the Cerritos. Um, Boimler's giving Mariner shit about he's the one that defeated the Ferengi, but like he has no idea that Mariner actually yeah. staged all that just yeah. to up his ego. To give him, to give him the. I, that's why I love the characters in this because, like, even when you think they're just like out to get each other, they're not as cutthroat as they probably could be because, like, they're Starfleet yep. and they're all in this together. Even if they don't all love Starfleet, uh, yep. conceptually. Uh, and then do you want to do uh, talk about uh, temporary edict or temporal edict? Temporal edict. They're on the ro- they're on route to Cardassia Prime for yeah. peace negotiations, um, and they're instead uh, reassigned to deliver diplomatic trinkets to Gelrak Five, uh, which Freeman doesn't love. Uh, because she's like, the Starfleet doesn't fucking respect the Cerritos. What the fuck? And then we find out um, her husband is an admiral? The, the ensigns teach Tendi about buffer time. And this I think this is the buffer time episode, right? Where everyone is just working yeah. themselves sick. But also, sick. It, this episode, we find out that, um, uh, the, that her husband, the captain's husband, is an admiral? Is, yep. Um, but they don't ex-husband? specify, I believe. I think it's ex-husband, right? I don't believe they specify okay. it. They Look, uh, once again, carrying on a Star Trek tradition of captains being very frustrated by their incompetent yep. admirals. Yep, look at Kirk. <laughs> look at Kirk. Once again. Uh, yep. so yeah, so the, it's basically the Boimler effect. <laughs> they basically have to work a lot, and they see that the crew is running themselves ragged. So they kind of lean back and let it go back to what it usually is. Freeman institutes a new mandate called the Boimler effect that encourages crew members to take shortcuts, not blindly follow. And then the best part at the end of the episode, (laughs) like in the far future, they're like, Boimler, the most laziest person ever. Now let's talk about one of the greatest persons ever, (gasps) Chief O'Brien. I was like, yes! Yes, Chief O'Brien. Fuck yeah. (laughs) Fuck. Uh, episode five, Cupid's errant Whoa, arrow. Whoa, we're not going to talk about moist vessel. Uh, or no, did I skip an episode? Moist vessel. Yeah, moist vessel. You're right. Uh, they they're towing a generation ship, a disabled generation ship, uh, that's carrying terraforming material. Freeman gives Mariner all the shit jobs, and Freeman like rubs it in his face by finding a way to have fun with them anyway. Uh, the the terraforming material starts to fuck everything up in the ships. Um, and Tendi uh, prevents O'Connor's spiritual ascension because, oh yeah, Lieutenant O'Connor is trying to have a spiritual ascension. Uh, <laughs> O'Connor sacrifices himself to save Tendi's life during the terraforming disaster and causes him intense pain while he goes through the spiritual ascension process. Which, oh my <laughs> god, I laughed so hard the entire time that this was happening. Oh, God. Uh, all the while, uh, um, 
Mariner's uh, Freeman uh, bumps Mariner up to Lieutenant to try to bore her into transferring, uh, and eventually she's like in a meeting and calls an unma- un, uh, an admiral out for mispronouncing the word censor. Yeah. And they're like, you're demoted. She's like, finally, God, thank you. <laughs> the next episode. Uh, Cupid's errant arrow. Boimler uh, has a girlfriend. Boimler has a girlfriend, but something's up. Yeah, and they don't know why. They don't know what's up. Yeah, Mariner is uh, borderline in love with Boimler, but doesn't want to admit it to herself. Uh, so she is very, very suspicious of any woman that comes into Boimler's life. Yeah. And rightfully so. But then she finds out that there is no parasite? Yeah. Um, At the end? <laughs> they uh, transfer one of the Vancouver. Uh, um, Dozen later admits he cannot handle the exciting and epic adventures on the, on the Vancouver and was hoping to swap the Cerritos on the more boring ship. <laughs> um... Oh yeah, Mariner discovers that Barbara is under the influence of an alien parasite that is attached to Boimler, which she removes. Uh, and then Barbara leaves Boimler, and Mariner and Barbara, Barbara actually find that they have a lot in common and become friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was nice. Um, and then uh, we... Terminal? Terminal Provocations. Yeah. Uh, the standoff with the Drukmani over the salvage of an old Starf- Starfleet ship. Um, but you don't want to talk about Badgie? Uh, they... Oh, this is the Badgie episode. On the holodeck, man. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> yeah. And I love how they're like, this, this, this is, is the no, one. This is no Sherlock Holmes or Moriarty. I'm just like, I understand that reference. I yeah. understand what you're referencing. Yes. Sorry. That's... Uh, so, um... Oh, they go. To, yeah, Ruther, Rutherford shows off his holographic assistant. Um, the, okay, there's a lot I want to say about Rutherford that I can't because it's spoilers for later okay, seasons. That's fine. But you find out a lot about his neural implant, um, and the history of how he got that in later seasons, okay. and it makes everything you're seeing in this season make a lot more sense. Okay. And then Badgie is... It's actually really damn oh, cool. Badgie is... Oh, that's nice. That's really cool. I'm glad that they expand they, that. They have... They expand that. Ca- carrying on with Star Trek tradition... Like, Star Trek is nothing without its continuity. Uh, and in fact, it is one of the most, I would say, contiguous uh, continuity built and relied upon uh, shows that has ever existed. Because... Every little thing has consequences later down the road. Oh. Every interaction, every uh, uh, encounter with a species, every encounter with a Starfleet or non-Starfleet ship comes back later in a, in, a, in a fun way. Like, there are so many things in original series that pay off later in Next Gen or DS9. Same with this show. There are things set up in this first season that are like, okay, you, you think we're pretty done with it now. No, it's going to come back to bite people in the ass later, and it's really fun. Uh, and then Badgie is voiced by um, Fix-It Felix Jr., who I found out yes. recently just turned 50. 
Oh yeah. shit! I'll double check to make sure, but yeah, you go. I I love and hate this character. Is <laughs> Badgie is terrifying. Uh, Badgie is absolutely goddamn terrifying. To be completely honest with you, Badgie is the like alternate form of him. Like it's the complete opposite of of uh, Jack McBriar. Like you think of Jack McBriar, oh amazing wonderfulness. No, complete opposite. Complete opposite. Yeah. This this character is who terrifying. Uh, and it's also a reminder of, hey, maybe we shouldn't make AI uh, super intelligent. Because it it won't take very long for it to be like, oh, I we don't need humans. Humans are obsolete. Fuck all the humans. Like, Yeah, he just ugh. turned 50 this year. Um, yeah. Yep. Uh, so, episode 7, Much Ado About Boimler. Um... Boimler uh, is testing Rutherford's new transporter upgrade. This is the uh, dog episode. Leaves him this phasing. is the dog episode with the f- yep. with the quote unquote farm, the farm. <laughs> um, this is this the episode where we get a Riker style uh, Boimler clone. I think I it think is it's right. The next one. Oh, Veritas. I think that's the next one. Yeah, because this one, they jump aboard the ship and they go away, uh, and the dogs there. It's a, it, it's a, it's like they go on another ship to this quote unquote farm, and they actually end up in this farm. And Boimler gets fixed, and none of the none of the space nurses are like, "Oh, well, you're fixed. We don't care anymore. Like we're good." And and the dog just <laughs> flies away, and she's like, "I'm sorry." The fact that oh, it's not Mariner. Um, who's it's who's it, who's it's the, the 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 who's the science officer, the medical officer, the not the cat, but the Tendi. Yes, I love how she's just like, oh wait, the dog. Wait, dogs can't talk. She, you do. You could she, she could talk the whole time. Yeah, can't all dogs talk? And the dog just fucking flies away. It's so fucking weird, man. It's such a great up that to me this is probably my favorite episode because it's just out there, like it's just we, we, out. Yeah, there. we haven't quite gotten to my favorite episode yet, but yeah, they're all great episodes. Like I know we're not doing individual cinema gem scoring for each episode. Just know that in my mind, every episode of the show is at least a shiny half gem, if not a whole gem. And then Veritas. This is the alien court. Mariner Boimler Tendi Rutherford brought to a. Uh, alien court by Clar, who demands they testify about the actions of the Cerritos senior crew. And then I love how um, they, they do it like kind of like like it's a declassified, it's kind of like a, a document that can't be declassified because they don't know what's going on. And they're like, oh, okay, well this this is happening. And we get like little side episodes. But then we come to find out that it's all a subverse, it's all a party for these for these. Mm-hmm. officers to be really good and they were like oh well you said we were horrible what what are you talking about we didn't we weren't gonna sacrifice them or take them out it's just like wait what what's happening that was a real i thought that one was a really good episode i'm sorry i didn't mean to take over but that one was fucking great Mm-mm. fucking great episode no thank you for taking that over because i agree it's a fun it's a really fun oh episode. and then q shows up at the uh, end number nine and they're just like get the fuck out of here q like get the fuck out of here yep 
And was that... Yeah, get the fuck out of here, And Q. was it that, what you call it, wasn't that the same actor who voiced Q? Wasn't it him? I believe it was. Okay. I can't find his name yet, but give me I'll, just I'll, a moment. I'll look it up. You talk about the next two episodes. So, Crisis Point, uh, we get... Uh, uh, Boimler creates a holodeck program using the crew's private logs to produce an accurate simulation of the Cerritos and its crew. Um, and Freeman shens, sends Mariner to a ship's therapist, Dr. Miglimo. Uh, Mariner insists that she's fine. Um, she takes over Boimler's program to create a movie-like experience where she plays the villainous Vindicta uh, and Mariner invades the sim- simulation of the Cerritos and kills the crew. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's a movie. It's a big, flashy sci-fi movie, all in the hollow deck. Like, I, I don't know what y'all want, because, I don't know, I've been asking for more fun holodeck shit in Star Trek for years. Guess what? And this show has a Guess lot what? of it. That was, that was Q. Mm. John D. Lance. That was him. Back. As... Very nice. Uh, And then episode 10, the season finale, No Small Parts, is really fun because in the very beginning, we see a bunch of Packleds absolutely destroying a uh, a Starfleet ship that looks a lot like the Cerritos. Um, I don't know if we'd gotten... Sorry, I'm chewing on a mint while I'm talking. I don't know if we've gotten in this show really intense moments of, oh shit, everyone died. Like the beginning of this episode where the uh, the Solvang, uh, Solvang gets its uh, nacelle clawed and it tries to jump to warp and just explodes. Yeah. Like that is a jaw-on-the-ground, oh-shit moment in this show. Because Cerritos has been just kind of flying around and fucking around this whole series, and now the uh, the stupid motherfuckers that they just kind of dismissed in the beginning of the series are just full-on assimilating ships from every culture into a giant mega ship. Yeah, that was so weird but cool at the same time. I don't know if that makes sense. All of this to illustrate what Star Trek fans have known this entire time. Starfleet is really good at first contact and establishing relations with people and just kind of uh, checking out the universe and surveying. Not great at enforcement. Um, not not great at following through uh, and really good at underestimating things and letting them blow up to much larger threats. Like the Packlids. If they had just kind of taken them seriously to begin with, they wouldn't be in this situation. Uh, and the Cerritos follows a distress call, uh, starts to get torn the fuck up. Oh yeah, this is after uh, <laughs> after the entire crew of the Cerritos immediately find out about, about uh outing um free uh, mariner yeah. completely like com- by by offhanded compliment by, uh, by sorry not offhanded but yeah i mean kind of offhanded unintentionally was like oh hey we know your mom blah, blah, and everybody's like what the fuck are you serious right now 
And the uh, yeah. the engineer sacrifices yeah. himself, right? Uh, so, yeah, Shaq's just, I got you, baby bear. When, uh, basically they, they who, um, Rutherford uses holography, badgie, um, to make a virus to destroy the pack lid ship. And Baddy's like, yeah, only if you lower the security. Okay, I've already made three viruses that can destroy a pack lead ship. They get into the ship and Baddy's like, all right, I can blow this up. I'm going to blow it up with you inside of it because fuck yeah. you. <laughs> Shax rips the neural implant out of Rutherford's head, rushes him out of the, uh, into the shuttle, pushes the shuttle out with his bare hands and just stays behind. Shax is so fucking yep. cool. I want a comic book series about him. Ugh. I want a comic book series about him. Uh, I, I do have to say the moment at the end where uh, the Titan comes flying in to take care of the rest of the ships when uh, the original, uh, the, the next generation theme yeah. starts playing. I got um, so hyped. That is such a fucking nerdy hype moment. Uh, I think I called you... Or texted you right after I watched this episode, but I lost my shit when Riker, who is captain of the Titan, goes, uh, give me a warp of. <laughs> give me warp and a factor of a five, six, exactly. seven, eight. <laughs> exactly. I was like. GLaDOS, GLaDOS was kind of off and on watching this with me, and I made them look up at the screen and put their phone down for a second. <laughs> when Riker did the a uh, five six seven eight, and Gladys oh, good, absolutely great. lost it. That, that's good. I love when I love when <laughs> it's just like, oh, they're talking about jazz. Yeah, I get it. Like that's that's the one thing I love about Riker is that he is amazing and cool, but he also has a like a softer side in a way because he likes jazz. Absolutely. He, he loves yeah. jazz. <laughs> um, and that is season one of Lower Decks, Star Trek. This is season one of currently four seasons, correct? Four, uh, season four is not out yet, but yeah. Ah, cool. Uh, I absolutely love this show. Um, before we get out of here, uh, here on Cinema Gems, we have a pretty simple rating system. Whole gem, amazing. Half gem, it's okay. No gem, don't bother. Admiral. What do you think of Star Trek Lower Decks Season 1? Uh, full gem. Full gem. Agreed. Completely. This is another amazing Star Trek show uh, that is stylistically a little bit different from most other Star Trek shows, but it definitely feels like a Star Trek show. Star Trek, in so many ways, is just slice of life on board a starship. And this is slice of life of not the officers, and I really like that BOV. <laughs> no, I like that I like that they went different. They probably went different because they're like, oh, we want to do animated. Like that's what I liked most about it was like you said, it's a different stylization of the main series like the series that we've seen before. I absolutely think it's amazing. I think it's great. That's how that, uh, that's how I feel. I agree with you. 100%. Um, all right. Uh, thank you, Marty and the Eric Nazerber, for allowing uh, us to be on your website, lowrandpictures.com. Also, Kevin George, thank you for letting us use your music. Um, and all I want to say is, but maestro, happy birthday again.
Happy birthday. Thank no you, problem. Admiral. Appreciate you. Uh, thank you for, to all of our amazing Swapper Jack friends and family members who join us every week, who give us ideas and feedback and criticism. If you'd like to give us more of that feedback and criticism, you can do so at cinemagems15 at gmail.com. And also tweet at us at cinemagems underscore pod. Go to lowrainpictures.com. Go to the year 30 tab first. And then come over to the Cinema Gems tab. Find a movie that you like or don't like. Listen to us roast it. It's, it's if what we you, do. If you are told by anyone about this podcast, we ask that if it is not your thing... You give it to one of you mention it to one of your friends that it is their thing, and if you cannot find a friend that is a movie centric person, odds are you are the movie centric person in your friend group. Like, that's very true. That's a that's a very accurate observa- observation. Just Apple. like if you can't find out if you're the crazy person on the bus, odds are you are the crazy person. You might you might exactly. be the crazy person. Exactly. Yeah. Um. C- Cinema Gems, the show for the crazy person exactly. on the bus. Um, guys, we just want to make sure that you're also taking time for yourself. Things are happening in this world. Things are going on. And you can't really dwell on things too long that are happening in the entire world without dealing with your helping and your yourself grow as a person first. Make sure that you're taking time for yourself before you help others. Uh, before we go, Admiral, I just want to say to you and all the Cinemaniacs listening, to GLaDOS, to Patron, uh, live long yes. and prosper. Love all y'all. Um, and before we go, I just wanted to say thank you for Butt Maestro for doing this for uh, a little over four years. A little over four years. Yeah, um, something like that. Thank you for being on here. Thank you for letting me kind of like poke and prod and showing you weird crap. And, you know, it's just... I love it. It's it's always the highlight of my week. It's just a real delight to have one of my closest friends do this podcast with me, and also be his birthday this week. So I just want to give. I know, I know, I know that I've told you happy birthday many times, but the dogs wanted me to let you know, oh. happy birthday, happy birthday, but Maestro, happy birthday. Thank you, Tesla. Thank you, Frida. Thank you, Admiral. I I love being on this show. It's the highlight of my week every week. Yep. I hope we can keep getting to do it for a while uh thank you all cinemaniacs we love y'all all right guys y'all have a good rest so of remember week. to wipe your hooves and see you later but remember black lives always matter guys always bye guys love y'all see you later bye, bye. C- cinema gems the show for the crazy person on the bus <laughs>